BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. After a decades-long search by a blue-ribbon commission of internationally renowned experts from McKinsey and Company and Yale Law School, the Democratic Party announced that it has finally identified the single most grotesque, most dystopian, most anti-human policy ever adopted by a Western government. At a triumphant press conference yesterday, leading Democrats unveiled their findings, which are now a plank in the party's platform. They're going to allow children to stab each other. Knife fights are human rights. Stabbing can finally come out of the closet. In some ways, it's a return to the future. The right to stab has been restored to the pantheon of freedoms our Mayan ancestors enumerated thousands of years ago in our founding document, the Declaration of Diversity. Going forward, allowing children to stab others will be enshrined in law alongside America's other core foundational rights. The right to commit voter fraud, the right to free body piercings, the right of trans illegal aliens with pituitary disorders to become fighter pilots. These are the rights upon which this nation was founded, the rights the Democratic Party exists to protect. That's great. I I believe that was mockery. That was some good, pointed mockery there. Well done, Tucker. <laughs> so apparently, uh, our producer Hanson says uh, Caitlyn Jenner already has a ton of stuff available for sale, because I want to get a Caitlyn Jenner for Governor bumper sticker. Uh, wow. Go ahead. And do, you think do you think she has, she has more merch or policies right now? <sighs> policies? What, what, what are you, what era do you, are you from? We live in a performative era. 
Wake up, old man. Policy schmolicy. Well, and you're not bumper sticker guy either. I've never seen you with a bumper sticker. Would you actually put it on your car? It just your seems truck? so... I just need to own it for the rest of my life. Like, we got the Barry Goldwater for president uh, button in our the office. giant button. That yeah. I bought on eBay, a real one from back in 1964. I, won't, I want to have a Caitlyn Sorry, Jenner... i at a real button. What's that? A real button. That just seems like a silly thing to... <laughs> To proclaim to me. Oh, I'm sorry, I distracted. Be quiet. It's an actual artifact. It's well, a, and it's bigger than a dinner plate, too. Yeah, it's, it's really giant. Cool. Yeah. Um, but I want to have that and a, and a Caitlyn Jenner for Governor bumper sticker. Okay, so Hanson sent me the swag that's available. I gotta, I gotta have a T-shirt. I think Caitlyn for California coffee mug. Caitlyn for California wine glasses. Caitlyn for California. Okay, that's going to be the slogan. Caitlin for California signs a hat. Did, I can't remember how does how does she spell Caitlin? C with a C C A I T Y or T L Y N. That's how uh, my daughter's name is spelled. I've got to get her a Caitlin for California oh, T-shirt. That's awesome. That'd be sweet. Oh, you got to get all these. There's hats, bumper stickers, shirts. <laughs> oh boy, there you go. It's up and running, man. We spelled it with a Y to honor my sister. Whose uh, middle name is Lynn, L-Y-N-N. There you and go. Is, and is a sweetheart and a fine aunt. Anyway, moving along. Lon He Chen later on this hour. Maybe we could talk about the D.C. statehood thing, which is completely phony. Just completely. It's, it's unconstitutional. It can't happen. It's, it's a, a maneuver to make the mean Senate Republicans look like they don't want black people to have the vote in D.C. It's, again, it's performative. It it can't happen. It won't happen. But it's a it's a big uh, show. You know, if uh, maybe I should drink more or something. If I had the capacity to be amused by all this idiocy and and dishonesty, I I would spend the entire day just guffawing. You know, I need to get just that one touch more cynical to so I can enjoy this stuff. Yeah, I um I know that this is a theme I may be mentioning too much, but. A lot of politicians and a lot of the media like pretending that there's a race war going on. And if we keep pretending, we're actually going to end up with one. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, 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 it's subtle, but it's pretty clear what the point is. When the front page story on USA Today, top of the fold, big letters is, we're losing too many brothers. And they're quoting Katie Wright, the mother of Dante Wright. That's the, the dude that was shot by accident by that police officer. He shouldn't have been shot. That, that's, that's awful. She's resigned. She's probably going to end up going to jail for that. I don't know. Uh, she thought she had her taser and she had her gun. But it wasn't an intentional racist shooting. It, it just wasn't. And, and then so they got a whole half-page story on the funeral yesterday. Family and friends of Dante Wright exalted the 20-year-old black father, fatally shot during a traffic stop by a Minneapolis police officer. Uh, He was a brother, a jokester, Wright's mother said. He was loved by so many, he's going to be missed. Hundreds of mourners were inside the ministries, blah, 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 blah. Uh, They talked about the joy that that he brought to the family and the neighborhood. He was so happy all the time. Civics rights leader Al Sharpton, who delivered the eulogy, said that he, as he arrived at the service, a man told him he had not seen a similar funeral procession since the death, the death of pop icon Prince, who is a Minneapolis native. And Al Sharpton said during the eulogy, I said, well, we come to bury the Prince of Brooklyn Center to applause there. Oh, 
oh. the audience. What? Snopes has a piece out on what's true and what's not true about Dante Wright, because a lot of people were asking the question, is it true that he had a warrant out for his arrest? Yes, it is true. Snopes is a left-leaning organization, by the way. It absolutely is. Yeah. Um, it, They're it, liberals. Um, so it wasn't a routine. Well, it was a routine traffic stop to begin with, uh, expired tags. But when they ran the tags, they found out here's a guy that's got a warrant out for his arrest. And the arrest, uh, and, and, and the police were aware of the fact that he had um, attempted to, and this hadn't gone through the court system, so we'll say allegedly, but he allegedly, at gunpoint, robbed a person. Well, if you think a person has a gun and is willing to rob people at gunpoint, you got to be a little careful with the traffic stop. And when the guy jumps back in his car and you don't know if he's reaching for a gun or whatever, you know, crazy S can happen. But anyway, here's Snopes uh, with the document from the actual uh, paperwork of the charge. Um, When he tried to rob a woman of $800, he and another dude... I'll just read it for you. According to the document, he and a high school friend went over to an apartment to party one night in December 2019. At the end of the hangout, around 2.30 a.m., the young men supposedly could not find a ride home, so two women who lived in the home allowed them to sleep on the floor. The next morning, after one of the women left for work, her roommate told authorities that Wright blocked the apartment's exit, pulled out a handgun, and demanded that she hand over $820 in cash. She, uh, She had that money to pay rent. The $820 in cash was tucked in the victim's bra, and defendant Wright placed his hand around the victim's neck and choked her while trying to pull the cash out from under her bra. Defendant Wright then told her that he would shoot her and said, give me the money and we will go. Defendant Wright then tried to choke victim a second time and tried to take the money. Okay, you know, he might be a a, a guy who who jokes around and was a, a nice kid and all that different sort of stuff, but come on now. If you put that on the front page of the USA Today, what are you trying to imply? Right. Right. He's a saint. He was a saint and a fine young man and a dad gunned down by a vicious, racist, white In a person. routine traffic stop. Right. And then, and then Al Sharpton with, well, he was the prince of this county. And everybody cheering. Okay. I'm sure he had his good points, but it would appear that he also was a guy who would choke a woman with a gun to her head to steal her money. And the sort of person that does that, it's generally not a one-off, that sort of behavior. Very unlikely that other than that, you're an upstanding citizen, but just that one time you decided to choke a woman with a gun to her head, you just happened to have a gun out of nowhere and take her money. So come on, he he shouldn't have been shot, but let's not pretend that he's a different kind of person. Why, Why would we do that? You know, I've only spent time in my own head, thank God, and I don't know if people are unable to or it's just easier to to not understand that good people do bad things, bad people do good things, uh, and, and life isn't so simple as there's the white monster and here's the black saint. They can't understand that it's a damn shame that this guy got shot. It's a damn shame. But he was a felon, and he fought the cops, and that's an incredibly dangerous thing to do. And 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 so let's work out good policing. No, it's got to be one's the monster and one's the saint. Again, I don't know if people just lack the intellect to get beyond that or if it's just easier that way. It's more convenient that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to, to cite a ridiculous example, 
Adolf Hitler was a doting uncle, you know? Yeah. So, so at, at his funeral, are you going to say, uh, the, the Allies, to bomb this doting uncle's bunker to the point where he had to take his well, own life? He was so kind to, to children. Well, I'm willing to say that his, his, his lifestyle, which I'm guessing was criminal and violent fairly often, is irrelevant to the him being shot, unless you're going to try to portray him as a really good person, because then you're trying to do something. And I think what you're trying to do is you're trying to stoke this race war, that decent young black men are being gunned down by white racists. Right. If you leave yeah. that out, I won't bring up his background, because it's irrelevant. But well, no, you, it's not irrelevant, though. You brought it's it absolute- up. It's absolutely not irrelevant because the cops knew what kind of guy they were dealing with when he started to fight them. Well, that's a particular, though. That's a particular. They ran his tags and found out there was a warrant out for his arrest and mm-hmm. everything like that. But and that then that needs to be in the story. But uh, anything else about him is irrelevant unless you're going to bring it up. And if you bring it up, then I got to point this out. He's probably a, 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 a got a whole bunch of bad things he's done in his life. So what's with the prince of the county? Um, what, that's so weird. Yeah, and no. USA Today putting it on the front page is so weird. What are we trying to accomplish? Well, I know what you're trying to accomplish. You want there to be racial divisions because more people will read your newspaper, I guess? Yep. Yep. More fear, more anger, more conflict is more clicks. Yeah, it that's sells, so man. Horrifying. It sells. Let's create a whirlwind. Don't worry. We can reap it. It'll be fine. Now, on the other hand, I'll just throw this in as another hand. Um. Thank God for video. I, I, uh, what's his name up in Minneapolis would have got away with choking George Floyd if there weren't for video. He had lied about mm-hmm. it. The Minneapolis Police Department statement on it was a lie, and we would have never known about it. But then yep. on the other hand, thank God for the video, because we would have been told that this officer shot a 16-year-old girl for no good reason if we didn't have the video of her having a knife the other day. Mm-hmm. God, thank, the video thing is hopefully going to make things better. Juan He Chen at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk a little politics with him. We have to do. Can we? I know you don't want to, but can we at least briefly, like in thirty seconds, get his take on Caitlyn Jenner running for governor over my dead body? <laughs> well, that's unequivocal. Yeah, yeah. Or or tase me so I'm twitching and drooling on the ground. You don't have to kill me, really, but uh, over my incapacitated body. So you're you're leaning against. <laughs> is what you would say. Why are you so fascinated? Why don't you just call her and date her? You're obviously just completely fixated. I don't. On the f- boyhood hero turned secret lust. It's okay. I, I don't have any lust, but he was a boyhood hero. as uh, the greatest athlete in the world when I was an 11-year-old. The greatest work dodger in the world. They call him the king of absentees. He didn't show up for work for 15 years. Well, that's impressive. A hero. Sean, <laughs> I was going to say, Sean's new hero coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Bitch, coming right back at us. Yeah! Hacks! With a bare head snag! 
great play, Jeff Axton. My hand hurts so bad right now. <laughs> what happened there? Sounds like there was a foul ball that went back at the announcers, and he barehanded it. Is that what happened? That's, That's exactly, exactly what happened. happened. Is there a video of it? Probably somewhere. I don't know. What level baseball is it? It was college. Minor, minor league. Oh, college. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Did uh, did he have to catch it to avoid it hitting his face, or was it uh, you know an effort to grab it for the fun of it? Well, I bet he was a ball player. You see a ball flying at you, you catch it. It's, mm. it's kind of reflexive. And he saved a widow and three orphans behind him, as well. <laughs> and, a, and a puppy or a computer. The, the orphans were each holding a puppy. <laughs> do you guys take gloves to the ballpark? Some people do. I never have. Uh, I- I have many times, yeah. I've, not that I've Checking been able to use my it. age, not for decades. Well, yeah, are you going to make the play? You got to make the stab. Well, you know, if the ball is coming at <laughs> I gotta me, I got to drink my beer. If the ball's coming <laughs> at me, I'd rather have a glove than not have one. Yeah, Certainly. heck yeah. You end up with a broken finger, or, or you miss it and it hits or you in the face, face yeah. Sean. You see, you're more into your dignity than to getting smashed. <laughs> so in this scenario, I am I'm tethered to my seat, cannot move, just watching the ball come careen towards my face as I'm shoveling a hot dog in it. Exactly. That's what I'm picturing. I just like to go up to the concession stand and, and open my glove and say, fill this with fries. Fill this with the cheese fries. Just, you know, the nacho cheese, just a glove full of cheese. And you use that for your bowl and you dip your, your chips in there. Exactly. That makes yes. it worth bringing the glove to the ballpark. Dripping out between your fingers a little bit, but that's why I don't wear white pants. Right? Come on. Well, yeah, where, you know, the, where I'd take a catcher's mitt. That'd be a better bowl. Oh, yeah. To hold the, the cheese. Yeah, a big old first baseman's mitt. Oh, yeah. I almost Honey, wanna, where's my bowl mitt? I almost <laughs> want to do that just to sit down next to some random fan in my seat with my glove full of nacho cheese. Just dipping nachos in there. Offer, mm. offer the fan some. You want some? <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Yeah, it's uh, one of my most uh, cherished childhood memories, though, going to ball games with my dad. Good times. Loved it. Uh, so, uh, speaking of the national pastime, I love the opening sentence to this uh, article. Not going to work is something of a national pastime among some public sector employees in Italy. Italy, which is France, but more so. Huge government payroll. Everybody's on it. You take off as much time as you want. It's just, uh, and, and that's why the, the, the country is so screwed up and unproductive. Uh, and a couple of years ago, there was a huge crackdown on it. But a new case involving one, uh, innovator in the southern city of Catanzaro, Catanzaro, taking the practice to new heights. He's been dubbed the king of absentees by the Italian press, which I'm sure is a more entertaining phrase in Italian. This is a public sector worker at a hospital. He's been accused of skipping work since 2005. Accused. Prejudicial. (laughs) What? According to the police, he was paid a monthly salary, although he has not stepped foot in the hospital for over 15 years. Faces all sorts of charges. They think he may have threatened the hospital director so that she wouldn't file a disciplinary report or his refusal to go to work. After the director retired, his attendance was never looked at by his new boss or human resources, according to the police, because it wasn't their money and they didn't care. Fifteen years. That's unbelievable. That's something. I actually knew a guy who had a mobbed up uh, uh, union no-show job in Chicago when I was growing up. He was on a payroll, but he never did anything. Never are they, went. Are they hiring? Lon He Chen on <laughs> some of the politics of the day on the way. He's great. Armstrong and Getty. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I hope you enjoy this segment every week as much as we do. And I know uh, I've got some friends and uh, we get texters who really like Lon Hee Chen. And uh, it's it's as good a conversation you're going to hear about politics anywhere, always with him. You know, I don't mind hearing my side trumpeted a lot. It feels good. But it's also great to get straight down the middle. Here's what's happening. Here's how to understand it. That's why we enjoy Lon Hee Chen so much. Lon Hee's David and Diane Steffi Fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution and the Director of Domestic Policy Studies at the University. Neither of one of us could hope to get into Stanford University. Lon Hee, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Happy Friday. Maybe some sort of sympathy admission. You know, listen. He's not very bright, but he tries hard. Something like that. So, so at the A end, at the A end of this, <laughs> at the end of this conversation, Joe said over his dead body. But at the end of this conversation, I'm just going to ask for your quick take, since Caitlyn Jenner's announced she's running for governor of California. But at the end of the conversation, we'll get to that. Hey, Lonnie, did you happen to see the opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal today by Kimberly Strassel about um, voter turnout and all that? I haven't seen it yet, no. I, I barely got through my coffee, you guys. I mean, I, no, I haven't seen it yet. 
So the Secretary of State in New Hampshire, Gardner, who maybe you know or you don't if you're super into politics, he's a highly respected Democrat. He's the longest-serving Secretary of State in the um, entire country. And he testified in front of Congress yesterday as they were having a big talk about uh, voting regulations. You know, we all know, right, the whole Georgia thing, and Georgia changed some of those, and people went crazy and a boycott and moving Major League Baseball. And then, you know... voter suppression. Voter suppression and whatnot. And this highly respected longtime Democrat was there testifying on the Republicans invited him to say these these everything's backwards from what you're saying. There's very little voter suppression going on. What the hell are you talking about? And New Hampshire has some of the most restrictive voting regulations in the state, partially because it's in their state constitution. You have to show up that day. One of the reasons you have they don't have early voting. One of the reasons is because their constitution mandates that they release the results that night. You have to show an ID, though, because they want to be very sure. They're, and they regularly have among the highest turnout, if not the highest turnout, in the entire country. And the uh, state of California, and that's one of the reasons I bring it up, Nancy Pelosi was uh, blasting New Hampshire and other states who require IDs and that sort of thing and want and, and and are pushing for H.R. 1, the federal government takeover of federal elections and uh, she wants to impose the california model and he pointed out mr gardner from new hampshire that california in terms of turnout in the last four presidential elections ranked 49th 49th 46th and 43rd (laughs) so uh, a lot of the we're going to make it easier to vote um, rules that are put out there. You get lower voter turnout, and some of the more restrictive states have higher. I just thought that was fascinating. What are your thoughts on all of that? And what do you what do you think the sweet spot would be? What should we do? Yeah, I mean, th- this is a really tricky set of issues because, on the one hand, you know, I, I I think there are certain common sense things about voting that you could get a majority, a strong majority of Democrats and Republicans and Independents to nod their heads and say, "Yeah, we should do that." For example. You know, the idea of saying, look, we want to have a election process that people feel secure, right? They feel like if they vote, that vote is actually the person who cast it is the person who claimed to have cast it, that that vote was securely handled and counted in the right way and accounted for in the right way. You know, I I think most people would say, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And then you say, look, can we create a mechanism where in the context of it being a secure vote, people have an opportunity to vote in different kinds of ways. Some people want to vote by mail. Absolutely, they should. Some people want to vote in person early. Yes. And if you want to vote on Election Day, yes. You know, so this idea that somehow we have to go and polarize this one way or the other, you know, as Nancy Pelosi says, no, look, we got to have one way we do it across the country, regardless of the fact that, you know, there's reasons why different states have different election laws and rules. A state that's predominantly rural, for example, has to have a different set of rules, potentially, and a different set of requirements than a state that's more urban, right? And so there are reasons why, in their infinite wisdom, the founders said, look, fundamentally, when you look at something like an election, we want that election to be primarily driven by the conditions of what's happening locally, in states, in localities, etc. So this doesn't have to be a polarized issue. Unfortunately, it's become a really polarized issue. And I think that's frustrating to those of us who look at this and say, can we have a little common sense here? You know, for example, I'll just give one more example and I'll shut up. In the Georgia law, there was a lot of um, noise made by particularly, I mean, Biden amplified this, unfortunately. He said, oh, if you're waiting in line, you can't get water. 
They want people to, to, to go without water waiting in line to vote when it's 90 degrees. Well, first of all, how often is it 90 degrees in November? But putting that aside for a moment, <laughs> the Georgia law actually, put it, putting that aside for a moment, what the Georgia law actually said is if you are not a poll worker, you cannot give people who are waiting in line water. And that's a very reasonable thing if you think about it. Why do we, why do we prohibit electioneering, right? Why do we prohibit people from going up while you're waiting in line harassing you about voting for one person or another. Those kinds of laws prohibiting electioneering are very common. We have them in California. They have them in New York. What the Georgia law actually said is, if you are not a poll worker, you cannot set up a water stand. But in fact, if you are a poll worker, you can put out a water dispenser and people can get water on their own. So how did that become, you know, all of a sudden we're going to dehydrate people while they're voting? And that's just an example of how polarized we've become, is we can't even have a reasonable dialogue about what the law actually says. I know that's what's right. kept me from voting many times, is I was afraid I'd get too thirsty. Die so of thirst? Just, it so happens. So, it's, it's, it's bones. It's like uh, when you climb Mount Everest and the bones of the dead climbers. It's uh, that, like that at the polls. So a lot of this is being driven on both sides by, I think, an unproven theory. Uh, Democrats want higher turnout. Republicans would would like to have a lower turnout with the belief that the higher the turnout, the more Democrats vote. That that is there any fact behind that? No, I mean, look, I think we have seen high turnout elections that have benefited Republicans. We've seen high turnout elections that have benefited Democrats and vice versa. So I, I, I don't think it's correct to say that high turnout always hurts Republicans. Uh, that's not borne out empirically. Uh, if you've got a good, strong Republican candidate that's able to speak not just to Republican voters, but to voters across the, the ideological spectrum, you will see high turnout supporting Republican candidates. So I, I don't think it's the case. Well, then this is a heck of a topic. Kinds of so benefit certain candidates. Yeah. so, so the, the theory driving the whole thing that higher turnout leads to more Democrats, not true. The fact that you'll get better turnout by loosening up the, 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 the ways to vote is not true, according to all Gardner's stats yesterday. So the whole thing's a stupid conversation, it would seem. Right. Lonnie Chen is uh, with the Hoover Institution, Stanford University. Lonnie, is there any chance that the District of Columbia will become a state why or why not um i the only way it becomes a state is if democrats decide in the senate they're going to get rid of the filibuster and 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 they're going to completely change the way that uh essentially the senate operates and and they're going to jam it through on a party line vote now even then the question is could a would a moderate like senator joe manchin of west virginia would he go for something like that? Would he be supportive of something like that? Or does this end up becoming some part of package? A package? You know, some have suggested, for example, well, yeah, D.C. would become a state, but at the same time, you've got some Republicans that want Puerto Rico to become a state. So you'd figure out a way to package D.C. statehood with Puerto Rico statehood. I, I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but in terms of it just being a straight-up D.C. statehood bill passing the Senate, I still think it's less likely than more likely Again, unless the Democrats really want to burn, you know, burn it all down and say we're going to get rid of the filibuster entirely. George Will thinks that the Twenty Third Amendment uh, forbids it, and that there's no chance they're going to overturn the Twenty Third Amendment or, or repeal it. And so they're trying to pass an, as he describes it, almost inscrutable process to legislatively transfer to the new state the electoral votes constitutionally given to the district, et cetera, et cetera. It's not even doable constitutionally. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and I think certainly you would see the legislation um, litigated on, on those grounds. You would see people saying, look, essentially, this is not a uh, this is not a constitutional thing to do. It, it, again, it, it sort of goes against what the intent of, of that part of the Constitution was. And, you know, the politics are very fraught, right? I mean, obviously, we all know the District of Columbia is extremely tilted politically, and that automatically brings it from the vein of a conversation about what is best for, you know, the United States into what is best for my party or for the other party. And that, unfortunately, uh, is never a fun conversation. Can the Biden White House continue to claim that uh, we've got a real problem with racist white cops shooting people of color uh, despite the facts? Can they continue to do that and win politically or is it going to hurt them? Well, look, I mean, I, I think there's a few things here. First of all, the the what the Biden team wanted to do essentially was to take this entire situation and and, and in some ways employ it to talk about the need for certain kinds of police reforms. By the way, there's actually a bipartisan consensus. If you look last summer, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina actually put forward legislation that would have helped to reform some of these police practices, would have studied and tried to figure out what are best practices, what are things that we can distribute as information, not as requirements, but as guidance so that police departments around the country could do a better job essentially of enforcing the laws and making sure that they were doing it in a way that was fair to everybody. So there is actually a bipartisan consensus around the need to do some of these reforms. The problem, again, guys, just like we talked about with the previous subject, is when you try to employ it for political gain, that's when it runs into problems. That's when the two sides can't get together. If we would only get together and say, okay, what does the Tim Scott bill say as a starting point? What do the Democrats want? Can we get together and find common ground? And, and agree that there are certain things that, you know, certain practices, certain things that are happening, we don't want to be happening. But there are other things that are strictly for political show. Can we separate the political show from the actual substance? If we could manage to do that, we could actually come up with legislation in some of these areas. So that's the frustrating part about this is that it's not like, like Republicans are saying, no, 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 no reform at all in this space. Uh, and Democrats are arguing, no, 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 we're the only ones that have got the answer to this. In fact, if you look at it, there are actually some ways we can get together. There can be some common ground. And that's where I wish we would start instead of trying to use this to, to one's own political advantage. Boring. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Well, that's the way if, I see the world. If Tim, <laughs> if Tim Scott runs for president and maybe against Kamala Harris, who's the one who stopped him uh, from being able to get this going, uh, that that topic could be huge. Yeah, Spe- she wouldn't even meet with him. Speaking of people running for office. And if this is a if this is a non-starter, I mean, if there's no chance, then we don't need to discuss it for more than Here five seconds. Here we go. Here we are. All right. Caitlyn Jenner officially announcing today she's running for governor of California. If you think she's got no shot and is not a player, then we won't discuss it. What are your thoughts? I, look, I I, uh, I I don't think that it's a non-starter completely, and here's why. We all know how difficult it is to break through in California. It is it is a big state. It has a lot of, you know, massively expensive media markets. People are either tension is divided. And if we think back to the last recall, the only person who could have broken through was the one who ended up running and winning, and that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And not to put Caitlyn Jenner and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the same category. I mean, obviously, there are, there, there are differences in their candidacy. but the only There are a I'll number of differences between very, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Caitlyn Jenner. True. True. It, it, it is very hard to break through. And if your theory of the case is you need something completely 
you know, different and some would argue outrageous, then that's what Caitlyn Jenner represents. So I, I, I know enough to know that you never say never in politics. And so, look, I think I think this will this will make the recall much more interesting even than it would have been before. Let's put it that way. Hmm. We're not friends anymore because you've had <laughs> Jack on now. Lon Hee Chen, David and Diane Steffi, fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University. Lon Hee, thanks a million for lending us a bit of your time. Always appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thank you. I, I actually don't think, if I had to bet money, I don't think Gavin Newsom's going to get recalled, so it's not going to make any difference. No, there is no level of incompetence high enough to get a Democrat recalled in California anymore. The state is beyond saving. It is beyond hope. Abandon ship. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. Is the post office spying on us? We got some more Jimmy Fallon making fun of the elderly Biden and all (laughs) kinds of stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let's check out another joint statement. Uh, After German Chancellor Angela Merkel said, we can conserve the amount of available water we have by... Biden said, rounding up all the neighborhood boys and washing ourselves off in the creek behind old man McCafferty's tool shed. Just as good as a real shower, and you get to eat as many tadpole eggs as you can fit in your mouth. Why do they keep letting him talk? If he can keep that, Come on. if he can keep that quality up, I will never get tired of that bit. Yeah, that's hilarious. The entire time he's president. Yeah, I heard Monk, Mike Pompeo <laughs> blasting Biden over the whole Paris Climate Accord and trusting China to do anything and all. Pompeo so clearly posturing for the next electoral cycle. Yeah, well, it's all about whether or not Trump jumps in. Um, he will not. Hour three. So it's not about that anymore. <laughs> what are older millennials like as managers? Because millennials, uh, with the certain reputation they have, are now moving into management. And we have some interesting information on that. See if it fits with what you've actually had in your lifestyle. Huh. I am intrigued. And if you don't get to know hour four, we'll do that. This is hour three. Yes, sir. Which one am Thank I? You. I'm Armstrong. <laughs> Thank God this is hour and, three. And next you, hour is the end. And if you miss something, you can always catch it on the podcast. You just go to armstrongandgetty.com if you want to find the podcast. Yeah, On Demand is the show kind of repackaged as a podcast. Uh, one more thing is something we do every day, to, to extra content that's never aired and probably shouldn't be. I keep hearing about the Olympics, and I'm confused by So there's the Tokyo Olympics next year. Which are this last year. year's Olympics. Which are last I, year's wait, Olympics. Tokyo's next year? I think Tokyo's no, this year. It's this summer. It's this yeah. summer. Yeah. And that's yes. the Summer Olympics from last year. From last year. Hi. And then you got the supposed Winter Olympics in Beijing the year after that, which there's there's no way the world's going to participate in that. But that's a different topic. So the Summer Olympics coming up in Tokyo this year, which I've read several places that Overwhelmingly, the people of Japan don't want the Olympics to happen. That's what that's what I hear too. So they what, want Sean. What was that noise? Well, who asked them? <laughs> the government. I assume oh, okay. they. I assume they fought pretty hard and bribed a whole bunch of uh, people on the Olympic committee to get the Olympics. Now their people don't even want the Olympics. 
I guess that's around COVID. Um, but the Olympic Committee has announced that they don't want any politics happening during the Olympics this year. Taking a knee during the Olympics or lifting a fist in support of equality, racial equality, will be punished as the International Olympic Committee on Wednesday maintained its ban on athletes' protests inside stadiums, at ceremonies, or on podiums. You will be shot. Of course, what well, are you, no. they're going to do it anyway, and then what are you going to say? And they have been docked three points or their medal taken away or whatever. Well, the, yeah, they'll yank their medals. I wouldn't care. Which makes it even a more virtuous gesture, right? Yeah, I become even more famous, even more people hear about my concern, and everybody still knows I won that race. So My GoFundMe page hits $6 million. I, I can definitely wear Nike gear and get paid to do it. Oh, um, my God, yeah. They'd sign you immediately. Plus, getting I don't think this is a minor thing, and everybody knows I won that race. Mm-hmm. I, so you can take away my gold medal, but I'm the fastest person or the highest pole vaulter or whatever. Sported. I think this is a really good example of Joe's what come, comes next corollary of this announcement will absolutely make more of these things happen than if they had just not announced the punishment in the first place. I think you're probably right. Wow. If I'm uh, broadcasting the Olympics from Beijing, I'm going to say, now, Jim, in the pole vault, it takes a lot of concentration. These people have been in camp concentrating. It's practically a concentration <laughs> camp <laughs> training for the pole vault. <laughs> Again, was my mic working? Concentration camp. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, you know, if you're the bronze medal winning female archer, I'm not sure everybody's going to hear about your protest. But if one of the big athletes does it. Actually, that's the only way they're going to hear about you at all. But if, as you're if, one, you protest. if you're one of the big ones, like they play the ceremony on television because it's one of the big ones, you know, the 100, 100 meters or heavyweight Gymnastics. Gymnastics. Oh, that'd be a huge one. Please. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting. The Oscars on Sunday and the Olympics this summer. What sort of politics are we going to see and how much of it is anti-China is really going to be interesting. Armstrong and Getty. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.